So here's what we're trying to do in this series. I'm trying, whether I do a good job or not, you can tell me at the end. I'm trying to get you to believe in the church. I'm trying to get you to believe that the church is the hope of the world. And I know that's a big statement. I went through it a few weeks ago. You'd have to go back and and get there and watch that. But people have a scale from everything. The church is evil to nice to kind of good to absolutely central and vital to what God is doing in the world. And the idea behind it is, if you've ever read the opening line of the book of Acts, which is about the church, it says, by the way, the book of Acts is a sequel to the book of Luke. There you go. Thank you, sir, over here. It's a sequel. So the Gospel of Luke is about Jesus. Um, anybody here in favor of Jesus? Just a, I know not everybody, but most, I am. I mean, uh, so I think he did good things in the world. I think he, he was selfless and he sacrificed his life to show us and to save us and to give us something. And so uh, the church, it, then he left and then the church is supposed to pick up where he left off. This is the whole message. So in the opening lines of the Uh, The story of Acts, which is the sequel to Jesus, the second movie, in the beginning, right? All right. In my former book, O Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach. All that Jesus began to do and to teach. It's a setup. Why? Now I'm going to tell you what he is continuing to do through his body, church, family. I'm using all these metaphors, right? So using the metaphor of the body, you are the, what? Body of Christ. The body of, that, that body of Christ is gone, left us with, what? This, what advantage do we have over Jesus? We're everywhere. Huh? Do you remember how they're always pulling at him? Come over here and heal me. No, no, come over here and heal this person. Remember, he heals, he's on his way to heal someone else, and there's a big crowd of people, and someone pushes in and grabs the hem of his garment. I mean, every, when there's a healer, everybody wants to touch the healer, right? Guess what? Jesus said, you will do greater things than these. What was he talking about? Now Jesus gave his spirit to all of us. We're everywhere. We're everywhere. We're in Africa. We're in Asia. We're in inner cities. We're we're in country clubs. We're everywhere in between. And we are the body of Christ. And what we do is we continue what Jesus started. If you're a fan of Jesus, you should be a raving fan of the church. Now, has the church or the official church always gotten it right? No, 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 of course not. And if you've been in Orchard Grove long enough, you know... I've taken plenty of uh, constructive criticism towards that. And we should take it. How many of you know, you should take it in your own life. When you're wrong, take it. Are you with me? All right, so, so okay. But that, that you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. This is the plan, my friends. The church, people, oh, I'm praying God will do this. And God's going, I pray you would do it. I pray, God, you'd feed the hungry. And God's going, I pray you would do it. You're the plan. One, two, three, I'm the plan. One, two, three, I'm the... Even more so, we're the plan. One, two, three, we're the plan. We're it, baby, that's it, that's it. Don't keep looking up to God, God, dude. No, he's like looking down at you going, let's get her done. Get her done. God and Larry the Cable Guy are tight, I guess. I don't know. 
I want you not only to believe in the church, I want you to believe in your part of the church, your role. We talked about that last week. You are a part. If the church is a body, you are necessary. All body parts are necessary. Who has a hurting body part right now? Everybody reach for your back. Your hip, your eyeball. You know when one part's hurting. We care for the parts that are hurting. How many, when, you, when your back's hurting, you just, you, you get out of the car like this. <laughs> Mr. Robot, right? You, you protect it. We don't wound further our hurting. What are we doing? If someone's hurting, you protect them. You, you don't wound them. Oh, this guy can't show up. He's like, no, you, you watch out for him. We're connected. We're a family. We're a body. So this is the thing. So our job is to continue what Jesus started. So we're a body. I talked about we're a building. Paul used this metaphor. We don't go to the church building. We are the church. And he used this metaphor. We're the temple. If two or three of us hook up together, have a little fellowship, that's, that's the body. That's the church. We're a little mini temple. This became important because they used to believe you had to go to certain places to get God's presence. God's like, no, I'm with you there. And then we've been using this analogy that we're a boat. I told you last week, it was one of the early, it was one of the early images of the church. The church was a boat. The place where the people gathered, they, when they started building buildings, they called it the nave. Why? That meant Latin for navis, ship. I'll see you in the ship. Huh? Here out there, you at McDonald's Sunday morning at 8.30. I'll see you in the ship, brother. Meet you in the nave. I'll, I'll be in the boat. We got to row. We got things to do. And what I've been talking about for a long time is the boat is a life-saving boat. And if I can, part of what I want to do today is talk about, I want to expand the idea of saving or salvation, a word that everybody here has probably heard. Save, salvation, save. Anybody? Okay. Do you mind if I expand on it? Do you mind if I mess with the thing that you always believed it was? Yes, you do. (laughs) Saving is what God does. Maybe we could start with the problem. What is the C? What is it that people are drowning in? I'm also going to use a couple other words that you've heard a lot. I'm going to use this word sin. So what does that word mean? Who, who does it apply to? What is it doing to us? When it was told to Mary that you will call him Jesus and he will save people from their what? Sin. What does that mean? For so many people, it's meant you, that you say a prayer or you join a class or you do a thing at a church and then you go to heaven when you die. And I need to expand on that. Look, first of all, God's got heaven covered. He's got you covered there. I think he's good for that. Um, trust him for that. I think that's good. I don't think heaven's what people have made it out to be. I call it Hallmark Heaven. I did a week series on it. Don't have time today. All right? But I think he can get you there. But I think it's so much more, so much more than that. 
Because all you would do is just say a prayer and just go back to being the devil that you were before. What if God really wants to save? So every once in a while I have to retell a story that I've told because it just fits. So I tried to save a kid one time. Actually, me and a buddy of mine tried to save a kid. When I say we'd save him, we didn't try to get him to heaven. We were just trying to save him. He was going to die. We're driving by a few blocks from Bible college. And we drive by this gas station, kind of a 7-Eleven-ish thing. Maybe a Circle K, I don't remember. For those of you from the South. And we look over, and there's a kid on the ground with a kid on top of him just pounding his face, just pounding him. And the poor kid on the ground, and we're driving by, and you know, it was a couple blocks from Bible college, and I, oh, oh, why do I get involved in these things? But we turned the car in there, and I just, it couldn't look away. You know, I'd seen it. I couldn't look away. So we, we get out of the car, and uh, we pull the kid who's on top off. Say, hey, come on, man. I don't know what happened. Just, hey, come on, man. And this kid's pretty worked up. You know what I mean? When you, when you get to that level, you're pretty worked up. So we pull him off. And we're like talking him back, like, let's just leave this guy alone. I don't know. I'll just leave him alone. We'll figure it out. We're just trying to break it up. Anybody ever been there? And we're thinking, man, is this guy going to be thankful? How many know where this story's going? <laughs> so we're backing the guy off that was on top. And the guy that was on the ground, just getting his crops rotated, gets up and starts coming after us. I'm like, bro, bro, we just saved your life. He starts coming and cussing and saying, true story, we're backing up, we're at a gas station, we're backing up. He grabs the hose of the pump and swings the, the metal part, you know, the, the nozzle at my friend and I. Now, I'm from Flint. My college roommate's from New York. But we're in Bible school. You know what I mean? Some of you don't believe this story, but I can verify it. I can, it can be verified, right? Uh, or back uh, once the nozzle nearly misses my friend's face who's from New York it's over, it's over he grabs this kid who we saved throws him on the ground and repeats what we just saw <laughs> wham, wham, wham I'm like oh god uh, the true story, true, true story right, right uh, and the other guy's like I told you I tried to tell you <laughs> I'm like so then some other kid comes over who must have been a friend of his. I'm like, look, man, I, do, I mean, come on, dude. Like, I'm just thinking, Flint, I, I don't know. Just come on, Bible school, right, right around the corner. Right, I, I, keep, I, I turn my head. True story. Kenny's now handling this guy. And all of a sudden, he starts screaming. My buddy, ah, grabs his eye. The kid... Must, I mean, obviously was on something strong. Somehow reaches up, bites his eyebrow. True story. Off. Not like a little bit. Gone. Blood going everywhere. My, oh, my, oh, my word. Why did I get involved in this? Did I mention we were two blocks from Bible college? Did I mention this? So I grab him. We, I throw him inside, right? And I throw my shoulder against the glass door. This guy is throwing his body against this thing. You know, the cashier is just bringing people up. 
a little help here? And this, the, the, the night ended up with him going to the hospital and getting a graft on his eyebrow from another part of his body. And to this day, he trims his eyebrows because this grows. We saved a kid. Saving people is messy. What does save mean? Is, is it limited to God just getting us to heaven, or is it way bigger? What if? What if what God did in Christ is way bigger? What if he actually is saving the world? Here, I looked around the world and said, we need, this place needs help. Yes, you have. You've seen certain things. You see violence. You see the kind of stuff that I saw at that gas station on a global scale. You see it on an international scale. You see it in neighborhoods. You see one half of a neighborhood doing this and one half of the neighborhood doing that. You see one nation going against another nation, one party going against another. And you see this violence and this escalation. And you ask yourself, can something be done about this? Can something be done? I think anytime you want to fix something... You have to be able to diagnose something. True. Whatever is wrong in our world, and we we can make lists, hatred, violence, war, jealousy, greed, poverty, right? Go on and on and on. Boil them down. Boil it down, if I may. It traces back to something you and I might call selfishness, or the Bible might call sin. And here's what I mean. To some point, I want what I want more than anybody else, and I don't care who gets in my way. Now, one of the things that we love to do is we like to go, yeah, there are so many sinners out there. Aren't they out there, though? Huh? They're not here. Where are the sinners? They're on 275. Aren't they? How many always, when we think of this, it's somebody else. It's some other group. It's some other person. And so we want to we project it out there. Think about this. If you trace back any type of evil in our world, it traces back to something. I'm going to use the word selfishness. And what I mean by selfishness is you, you, you saw a smidgen of it at, at Trunk or Treat last night if you were here yesterday afternoon, right? Right? I mean, kids, you know, parents are, please, please say thank you. Every they come by, I give them, please say thank you. <laughs> thank you. I got, I got more candy to get. Anybody? I got more candy to get. Kids have a no problem. I don't want that kind. I'll take this. Kids taking it. Huh? I don't want this kind. You, it's a problem. I know not for you. It's a problem. And when what I want interferes with what you want, and I take what I want anyway, that is the thing that is undoing or unraveling humanity. What if Christ came to save us from that? How would he do that, Chris? First of all, he would need to be selfless himself. 
Ready? Check. He would need to put others in front of himself, his own safety, his own life. Ready? Check. He would need to provide somewhat of an example for us. People always talk about how we, we are saved by his death, which is true. But do you know there's also scripture that says we are saved by his life? What? How could that be? Well, because when you look at that life and you said, if we could live that life, hmm? what if people drove on 275 the way Jesus would drive? I mean, we'd never get to work, but it'd be fun. You know what I mean? We'd be happy when you did get there. No, you. No, 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 you. No, you. No, I insist. Huh? People be going backwards. No, 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 back around. Hey, get in. What would be the solution to selfishness? Wouldn't it be the lack of... Would it be putting others... James, in the fourth chapter of his letter, says this, What causes fights and quarrels? What causes it? James 4.1. You ever ask that? What causes it in our world? Do we have fights and quarrels at work? Huh? You don't even have, I don't even have to ask about home because I already know. <laughs> I already know. Because you get two human beings together, you're going to have a what? Don't, don't look pious at me Sunday morning. You're going to have what? Quarreling. You get two human beings together, you're going to, as much as you love each other, fighting and quarreling. How about two kids? Oh, no, not my kids. I just... <laughs> Taking candy from each other, Right? I remember, I remember Halloween growing up. I mean, I don't know if it was Pleasantville in your house. It was war in my house, man. You got home, you had to hunker around your candy, bro. Brother was coming in there. Put up a fortress around my candy. What causes it? He goes on to say, don't they question? Let me pose this question. Don't they come from your desires? that battle within you. What is the cause? If you go to the root of the root of the root of the root, what's at the root of it all? And he goes, doesn't it come from our desires? Who's ever seen this before? Little Johnny's over here playing. Everything's fine. Little Johnny has 17 toys around him, right? Little Susie comes in and takes one toy that Johnny's not playing with. All of a sudden, huh, what toy is Johnny interested in? I want what? Susie's toy. Why does he want Susie's toy? Why? Because she wants it. That's it. That is a picture of humanity over and over and over again. We want something because what? Somebody else does. Let me ask you a question. Big football fan out there. You want to go to the Super Bowl this year with me? All right, buy me some tickets and we'll go. All right, no, I'm just kidding. I'm in. Thank you. you give your name to the ushers in the back. Credit card number. 
course you want to go. I want to go. Why do you want to go? Because you love football? That's what you tell yourself. That's not why you want to go. That's not why. Because everybody wants to go. That's why. That's why you want to go. Because everybody wants to go. No, no, it's not true. I'm a, no, that's true. You're wrong and I'm right. That's why you want to go. If there were three people in the stands and the tickets were free, I'm not, I don't want to go to that. Why? Because no one goes to that. Are you getting it? Mm, let it settle. Let it simmer. What's wrong? Doesn't it come from the desire? So if God's ever going to, quote, save us, he's got to save us at a deeper level than getting us to church or a confirmation class or through baptism or some other symbolic surface-level gesture. He's got to fix this. Think about it. I think I made some notes somewhere. Did I make some notes? Do you want to pull them out? I want to read a couple of verses. But listen. You kill and covet, he says, because you don't get what you want. So when that scene happens in the bedroom or the toy room or the living room, wherever it is, what happens? Immediately it what? Does it escalate? This, this summer, my niece and nephew were up. I, I can't remember the whole story, but there was two of them. Oh, yeah, one of them was still in Florida, and, and they were playing, and, and there was just two of them. And then it was all fine because they had a playmate, but then uh, I think Harrison comes later. All of a sudden, Harrison comes in. Hallie's got a playmate. Harrison shows up, little show-off that he is. All of a sudden, the attention is diverted from her to him. What does she do? That's fine, Harrison. Go ahead. Take the spotlight. Oh, no. Oh, no. You are so wrong. And I saw a look in her eyes I had never, ever seen before. The sweetest little girl. You're going to take that attention away from me? I don't think so. And there were things thrown and things said. And is anybody with me? It escalates. And what, what James is saying is at the heart of it, you quarrel and you fight and you kill because you're not getting the thing that you want. I want this. I want this. If Christ is going to save us, he's got to eliminate that. Today, we're going to help feed. We're going to make 60,000 meals. Can I just say something? <clears throat> I appreciate what you're doing. It is wonderful. It is beautiful. It is selfless. But I also want to say something else. Duh. Of course. You got enough money in your pocket. Some of you to bankroll that whole thing eight times just today. Duh. We're doing it for a very important reason. A highly symbolic highly suggestive, and we will make a difference for 60,000 people for one time. What God wants to do to save our world is he wants to change all of our hearts 
So that stuff happens over and over and over and over and over again. That you start to see someone on the freeway that's cutting you off and your heart will be so changed. I know some of you think this is an unattainable level of spirituality. Think about it. You're going to see compassion. You're going to say, you know what? That person might be so hungry. They need to get to work. That person might be so desperate. You go, well, they were driving a Bentley, so I don't know how that could be, right? (laughs) Somehow, salvation has to actually change our hearts. Not just our religion. Somehow, Christ has to heal us here. Why do we start services and sing songs like, it's who I am, it's who I am, I'm loved by you, I'm loved by you. Why? Because if you know that you're whole and healthy, then you're good. Who are the worst people to deal with? The people that are least what? Loved or perceive themselves to be loved. Oh, I'm so out of time. Okay, ready? Look at your notes. Long before he laid the earth's foundations, he had us in mind and settled on us as the focus of his love. That's the message of Orchard Grove. That's what we're all about. Helping people know and understand God's love for them, for you. To be made whole and holy by his love. These two words, whole and holy, are actually probably just the same thing. It's a paraphrase. And I think he threw them in there together so you'd know. How many have ever thought, what does it mean to be holy? How many got all kinds of weird ideas right now? Those are weird people. Those are people that sleep at church. How many are talking about? Holy people. Those are straight. Those people are, they're not actually well-rounded people. They're weird. It's a holy person. Ooh. If you uh, sit on the other side of the coffee shop, somebody that, that dresses a certain way or is overly religious or a Jesus freak or some other kind of... But whole and holy are the same thing. You say, man, there's a... Man, there's a beautiful person. There's a whole person. There's a person that's got over themselves so they can be about what it's all about. How many of you are still trying to get over yourself? I'll close my eyes. Are you? Sure. Just hopefully to some degree you have gotten over your... It wasn't all about you at some age. It's still somewhat about you. Be honest. But at some point we mature. God saves us. He, he, he heals us. We, we start to become whole. How do you get made whole? By his love. How does anybody get made whole? By love. How does somebody get made less than whole? By lack of love. By abuse. By words of violence or hatred or anything. It, it divides a person. It destroys a person. It demeans a person. Some of you have been in demeaning relationships. And you know exactly what that's like. A person is there and they just want to cut you down. And drive you down. And cut you in half. And you don't feel right. You don't feel good. And you aren't whole. And what you need to heal is love. And God is the author of love. God is love. And God heals us through his love. And when we have a bunch of whole people, we can change the world. God just wants to make us whole. 
It's so weird. We have these ideas that God doesn't make us holy. So like he can stand up there and see if we're dressed nice enough for dinner. Like God's some kind of a weird king that can't have people without certain type of attire in his presence. Jesus was down washing Peter's feet. I had to really wash my feet last night because I took a cream pie in the flip-flop. Once you get really close to your feet, you realize it's not that pleasant down there. Jesus is this. Healing people. Making them whole. By his love. Oh, I'm so out of time. Oh, I have to quit because they told me. But this is, look, next verse is this. It's clear enough, isn't it, that we're sinners. Now, you know, I've been in Orchard Grove long. I don't say you're a sinner, you're a sinner, you're a sinner. But this is the thing. This was written to people that were always going, they're the sinners. This was written to those Jews who thought the Gentiles, it's them, it's them. And he goes, no, we're a part of it too. The evil that's in our world, listen, that you point to everywhere else, there is a sliver of it. I don't know how big it is, but there is a sliver of it right here. I don't know how big it is, but the point is not to point to everyone else. The point is to get that sliver out. Have we ever tried to get a sliver out? Uh, 